Listener Production. In this episode of The Briefing, how an investigation by one of our team members here at Listener has led to a big win for renters. As a reporter, it's pretty extraordinary that for the first time in my career, a government is moving to change laws as a result of my reporting. Anything that makes it that little bit easier for renters across the country, I think, is a win. This is an investigation into rental application platforms, and these are digital platforms that have been pushing more costs onto tenants who are desperate to find a place to rent. And not only is it costing tenants more money, it's also opening them up to greater risk of discrimination. Well, another way of strengthening and increasing the star rating of your application is to supply a tenant report. Now, generating this report does come at a small fee, but it will greatly boost the star rating of your application and help you to stand out from the rest. So in this episode, we investigate why these platforms are a bad deal for tenants, and we announce the big changes that are coming to these services, and these changes will involve new laws in one state and big changes in the practices of one of these digital platforms that will ultimately save tenants money. And given the way rents are going, that will be much appreciated. That story in the second half of this episode of The Briefing. First, today's headlines with Jan Fran. It is Thursday, the 2nd of March. Starting with economic news today, and inflation has peaked, according to the Treasurer. Um, New data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics shows that inflation has come down from 8.4% in the 12 months to December, and it's come down to 7.4% in the 12 months to January. While inflation is higher than we'd like, uh, we are cautiously hopeful uh, that it has peaked, and this is also the review of the Reserve Bank. That was um, Treasurer Jim Chalmers there. So economic growth has also significantly, um, well, it was significantly lower than expected. It was expected to grow at 0.8% for the December quarter. Um, it only hit 0.5%, so it seems like the economy is growing at a slower rate than expected. We're really sweating on some small numbers here, aren't we, Jan? Everyone is sweating, and that is why we are bringing <laughs> you economic news all of the time, um, because it does matter to people, Yeah. Yeah, so this, of course, all affects the Reserve Bank's decision to put up interest rates again. They've already gone up nine times. And with the economy slowing, it basically means there's less pressure on them to raise them again and again. So the big banks are expecting them to go up three more times. But if the economy keeps growing less than expected, that may not be necessary, which is sort of what Jim Chalmers was hinting at there. And the FBI has publicly confirmed that it believes COVID most likely came from a lab. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. That was Christopher Ray speaking there um, on Fox News. He's the FBI director. This comes after last week's news that the U.S. Energy Department, um, who was also looking into this, um, also said that a lab leak was its most likely theory, although it did say that it came to the conclusion with low confidence, meaning there's only so much that they can know and nothing is definitive. 
Yeah, nothing's definitive. It's still so interesting that these big agencies are getting behind this theory, particularly the FBI. So this was sort of known but not confirmed that the FBI had taken this position. So to hear um, Christopher Ray say that publicly on US television is still a really big deal. He did say he couldn't explain the evidence for that conclusion because it was classified. And the other interesting point here is there that there are other agencies in the US that don't take this position, even within the mm. intelligence community. There's a lot of um, a difference of opinion, and there has been for quite some time among US intelligence officials as to the origins of COVID. It's important to know that it's really, really difficult to uh, get a clear conclusion on this because basically you need China's cooperation and China is not going to be cooperative. I mean, it's already dismissed the FBI's assessment. It says that it has no credibility um, and it's very unlikely to, uh, you know, be allowing foreigners on the ground in China nosing around into this issue. And journalist Lisa Wilkinson will argue that former Liberal Party staffer Bruce Learman did rape his then colleague Brittany Higgins in Parliament House if his defamation lawsuit proceeds. Bruce Learman is suing for defamation over the interview Wilkinson conducted with Higgins on the project in February 2021, in which Higgins alleged she'd been raped after a night out in 2019. Even though Lehman wasn't named in the interview, he argues details listed were enough to identify him to a range of people, and Bruce Learman alleges Tan and Wilkinson were recklessly indifferent to the truth or falsity of what they were broadcasting and didn't give him a chance to respond. An environmental activist, Greta Thunberg, has been arrested again. How dare you? This time she's been demonstrating in favour of Indigenous rights in Norway. Um, she's calling for the removal of 151 wind turbines from reindeer pastures used by Samite herders. She said that a transition to green energy, which obviously she's a massive proponent of, she has said that it shouldn't come at the expense of Indigenous rights. Um, so this is a, a, a bigger issue here because Norway's Supreme Court ruled in 2021 that uh, the turbines violated Sami rights under international conventions. However, they are still in operation and it's been well over a year, 16 months later. She has since been released, though, after her arrest. Mm, yeah, this is really interesting for two reasons. One, that she's, I guess, putting the rights of these Indigenous um, traditional owners ahead of uh, a renewable energy transition, but also that it's the second time she's been arrested this year. So she's really mm -hmm. going through a different phase of her activism from school protests now to getting arrested on the reg. Um, the other arrest was in Germany protesting the expansion of a coal mine. Is it too late now to say sorry? And Justin Bieber has cancelled his Australia and New Zealand tour um, after postponing concert dates last year. Um, he's cancelled a lot of dates around the world, citing health issues. So tickets have been completely cancelled. It hasn't been postponed. So this is pretty sad news. Um, we found out last year that he was struggling with Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, a rare neurological disorder that paralyses the facial nerves. So I don't think we know that you know, he's particularly cited that, but that's what he's been going through. So that's pretty sad news. If you're a ticket holder, you're set to be issued a full refund. Just just want to say that in case there are some fans of Bieber listening now going, mm. oh my God, I paid all this money and now I'm not going to get to see Justin. Well, the tiny silver lining there is that you will get all your money back. All right, Jam, we'll catch you tomorrow. Antoinette's about to join me as we bring you this original investigation um, into these third-party rental apps. Mm. 
and this investigation has led to some really interesting changes. Hello, Antoinette Latouf here. So here's a stat that's going to give you a sense of just how tough the rental market is for tenants right now. So in the past 12 months, rents across our capital cities have gone up 27%. Uh, So that's according to SQM research. So Tom, that's 27%, Mm. not 2.7%, not 7%. And the worst city, Sydney, has gone up 31%. Yeah, that is so brutal. 31% increase in one year. It's just a terrible situation for renters. Um, The national vacancy rate is at 0.8%. So there's no properties out there. Rents are going up, which means anything that makes life harder or more expensive for tenants deserves a lot of scrutiny, which is why we're doing this segment today. We're joined by Bensian Siebert, who works with us here at Listener. He's an investigative journalist. Bensian, thanks for joining us on The Briefing. You've been investigating these relatively new digital rental platforms. Can you explain how they work? So there's several rental application platforms that real estate agents use to process rental applications across the country. Things like toapply, realestate.com.au and Snug. And what is concerning tenants advocates is that they're often asking people to pay money during that rental application for their own background check. So what's the problem with that? Because background checks have always been involved in the tenancy application process. Sure. Usually what happens is that real estate agents, as part of their service to landlords, will get a background check done on a rental applicant. But what it's doing here is passing that cost onto the rental applicant themselves. Renters shouldn't have to pay more than the rent or the bond. Renters should have to pay the rent and the bond. That's what they should have to pay. And any additional fees or charges over on top of that, it's like a slippery slope because there's laws around the country that try and prevent any other fees from being charged during a rental application. So they don't want real estate agents charging you 10 bucks to get the keys or 20 bucks to go inspect or something like that. So the laws that came in in the 2010s attempted to stop you being charged as a renter for any other stuff. But because of certain legal loopholes, because of certain ways that the law is... Uh, written, this kind of charge in this kind of way is something that they've been able to get away with. Okay, and here's what the New South Wales Tenants Union CEO, Leo Patterson-Ross, told you about that. What it means is that every time you're applying or every period of trying to find a new home, uh, you might be forking out $20, $25 for something that the agents get at essentially no cost So it's trying to encourage people to enter into this sort of um, arms race to boost their own application. But there's really no guarantee that it actually increases your chances of being approved for the property. So I'm keen to understand how widespread this practice is, where tenants are being expected to or pressured to pay for their own background checks. So it's all across the country that this is happening. There are 
several platforms that do it. There's to apply, there's realestate.com.au, which describes itself as the most popular real estate website in the country, and there's Snug. And they all have kind of a different uh, way of going about it. So if you go on to the Snug website, they'll say something like, here is a optional background check that you can decide to pay for. It may or may not um, improve your chances of getting the property. Um, if you go on to apply, it says, show you're a great tenant. It says, show us that you're going to stand out from the crowd. And then there's realestate.com.au that's sort of somewhere in between. But the overwhelming issue is that they're saying, here's this thing that's going to potentially improve your chances of getting a rental property. And what tenant advocates say is that there's no guarantee it'll do that at all and you you should not have to pay any money during a rental application process. Okay, so people have raised concerns. They're saying this sucks for tenants. They shouldn't have to pay $30 extra when they're already getting slammed by increasing rents. And you can report here on the briefing, firstly, that the South Australian government are introducing legislation to deal with this. So what exactly are they doing? That's right. So they're going to make it illegal for someone to assess you for something that you pay during a rental application. So, for example, to apply uses a star rating system where your star rating is affected by whether or not you pay for your own background check. And so in South Australia, that would become illegal under this legislation that we can reveal the South Australian government is going to introduce to Parliament. So when will it be introduced and do you think it'll pass? It will be introduced in the next few weeks. It's unclear whether they'll win over the crossbenches, but what the South Australian government and the South Australian minister is saying is that this shouldn't just be South Australia and other states and territories should follow suit. This is Andrea Michaels. She's the Minister for Consumer Affairs in South Australia. I would encourage other states to have a look at our model when the legislation's out. Um, in the next couple of weeks and have a look at that and see if it's something they want to take on board because it would be much better for us all if it's there's a consistent um, rules and regulations around the country on this. That's so interesting. That's Andrew Michaels there, South Australia's Minister for Consumer Affairs, telling you that they're going to do something about this. You've also reached out to the platforms and one of them, to apply, is going to make big changes as well. That's right. So I've just found out that to apply is going to get rid of the background check option altogether from its platform. It says that in Tasmania, it's already got rid of the background check platform. It's just happened in Western Australia and it's coming to the rest of the country. So it says that this is a response to consumer concerns. It's a response to regulator concerns and they're going to change what they're, they're doing. They're going to get rid of this practice. The other two uh, rental application platforms are not doing that. Realestate.com.au says we'll comply with any laws, but this is an optional extra that people can do to improve their application. What the other rental application platform Snug says is that they will absolutely oppose this legislation. They don't want this to happen at all. And they argue that it will disadvantage a range of renters such as those relocating from interstate and overseas, self-employed renters, as well as those with limited or no rental history if they want to get a background check to improve their chances. 
Mm. So uh, three really different responses from three companies there. Going to the to-apply response, which is to remove this part of their service, does this mean that their business model now just relies on agents paying a subscription for them to use this service to make it more efficient for everybody, both agents and tenants, and therefore not pushing that additional cost of the background check onto tenants? Exactly. So real estate agents pay to apply to have their properties listed and advertised and for this rental application process to occur. And what to apply would say and what real estate agents would say is that this is a really efficient process. Mm -hmm. This means that you can just do one profile or one rental application and all your details are in there and then you can do it for all sorts of properties. So that's not going to change. But what's going to change is that the renter is not going to be asked to pay any money during that Mm, process. That's great. That's a really good outcome. That's big. It's really big. And there's also the question about how much information they collect when whether that opens you up to discrimination. So are there changes happening in on that element too? Yeah. So to apply has told me that they're going to get rid of a bunch of the questions that they ask. For example, at the moment, they're asking people, how many children do you have? What is the gender and age of those children? Do you get child support for any of those children? What car do you drive? What make and model do you have? Yeah, so the sorts of questions that could be used to discriminate against you or just strike you off as a prospective tenant. Exactly. That's what tenants advocates are concerned by. And they actually want a one-size-fits-all, here's the rental application process that happens across the country, which is something that governments would have to change laws to put into place. So how do you feel about this? Because this whole investigation goes back to you going through this process and having to deal with this on a personal level. It sparked an idea for an investigation. You've looked at the practice and it's quite complicated as we've heard, but it has been now boiled down to the element which is unfair on tenants, charging them extra money. And we've seen a change here. What's your reaction? Well, I mean, as a reporter, it's pretty extraordinary that for the first time in my career, for sure, a government is moving to change laws as a result of my reporting. And it's also really significant because to apply is big. It's got real estate agents across the country in all Australian cities are using it. And they're no longer going to be charging this fee to renters. Um, and as a renter myself, uh, it just feels like such a difficult time and Anything that makes it that little bit easier for renters across the country, I think, is a win. That was Bensian Siebert from the investigation team here at Listener. He's one of our colleagues and so good that his investigation led to big changes for renters, those proposed laws in South Australia and the popular service to apply, dropping their charge for background checks. We look forward to his next investigation. Listener.